Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly Podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, thank you again for being here and thank you for tuning in this evening. This evening, I want to unpack a couple of ideas from God's word and I hope you're ready. Say yes. I'm going to be speaking um, about the subject of opening the door, unlocking your faith. Open the door. And I can't wait to share this with you. When I was given the opportunity to bring this message, I could not express how overjoyed I was to bring this message to you tonight. I believe this is a word from God. I believe this is a word for you and your specific situation. So as you lean into this word, I pray that you are uplifted and encouraged how many of you know life is too short not to receive every blessing that God has for you? Let me ask you a question, church. What vision, what dream has God birthed inside of your heart? I believe that when we get ready, God is more than ready to give you an overflow blessing. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, they're going to put these verses on the big Bible behind me. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says this. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. God has given every follower of his son Jesus Christ a capacity for faith. Every believer has a measure of faith. Somebody say faith. And I know at times you might be looking at me or you might be looking at the good looking preachers on this stage. Obviously not talking about me. But you might be, I'm adorable, I don't care. Here's the deal. You might be thinking to yourself, you know what, preacher, I don't know if I got a lot of faith. In fact, I think my faith is pretty small. You know what, when I hear preachers, when I hear Pastor John lead worship, when I hear Pastor Carl bring a message, when I see guest speakers come in here, when I watch Nathan Morris, Evangelist Nathan Morris a couple weeks, I mean, that guy's got faith. And how many of you have been blessed by that faith? But let me express something to you. You might be in this place today, and you might feel like you don't have a lot of faith. Isn't that just like the enemy, though, to make us think that a little faith isn't enough? I don't know about you, but the Bible says that Jesus said in the book of Matthew that small faith moves big mountains. And so you might be here tonight saying, I don't have a lot of faith. Baby, guess what? You don't need a whole lot. God can do a lot with a little. God has given you a measure of faith. The God that delivered Moses, the God that set David free, the God that brought Joseph to the, fourth, to the absolute moment where his promise, where that prophecy was fulfilled, that same God has given you a measure of faith. Now, as I share this with you and I talk about having faith, you might be thinking, Pastor, I've got faith, but you know what? I've been hearing preachers say that when you serve God, you're not going to have obstacles or giants or storms. And any preacher who says a message like that to you, there's a big problem. They're not preaching from God's word. Because the Bible captures brilliantly that the people of God, they faced opposition. They faced struggle. They faced challenge. Has anybody ever faced an obstacle? Has anybody ever faced a struggle? If you haven't, come find me after service. I'm going to be a giant obstacle in your way. (laughs) But here's the deal. Every single one of you have faced a struggle, gone through a darkness. And when you have a, a mindset that says when you serve God, everything's going to be good, friends, you are reading into something that is not into the, inside of the word of God. The Bible captures people who went through struggle, 
who face giants, who face difficulties. And what does it record? That God was with them. And because God was with them, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because I'm smart, not because I'm strong, not because I have it all figured out, not because I'm better than my neighbor. No, because my God is with me. Tonight, I want to encourage you to activate your faith. God has given you a measure of faith. And sometimes the faith God has given us is a faith that makes mountains move. But there's also a faith that conquers mountains. No matter what season you're facing at this moment in your time right now, God is having me put a reminder in your mind saying this. That with the faith that he's given you, you will overcome. With the faith that he's placed on the inside of you, you will conquer. There is a faith that moves mountains. And we love that kind of faith. But there's another kind of faith, friend. It's the same kind. It's a faith that conquers that mountain. You know, sometimes God will put a Goliath in front of you so you can realize you had a David on the inside of you. Church, there are going to be obstacles that you face, but he has given you a measure of faith. Somebody say faith. Now, my question to you is simple this evening. Why would God have given you a measure of faith if there were not mountains for you to move? Why would God have placed faith on the inside of you if there weren't some impossible things for you to accomplish? God wants you to activate your faith. You know, as we read the scripture and as we unpack some of these ideas, we come upon this myth that has been proselytized to the portals of our society, and it's this, that if you, that knowledge is power. How many of you ever heard that before? Can I tell you something? I don't think that's true. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. See, knowledge only becomes powerful when it's applied. Knowledge is only powerful once it is applied. Once you do what you're supposed to do and you apply it to the situation that it is called to be applied to, then you will see change. How many of you know we're not supposed to be eating cookies and drinking soda all day long? How many of you know there are a million and one ways to lose weight, none of which I have taken advantage of? How many of you know that there are a lot of ways that you know you can get online 10 ways to be skinny by January 1? There are, there's a million and one ways for you to apply this knowledge. But hear me, if you're learning and you're reading and you're absorbing the information, but you do not apply it, you will not see change. See, knowledge is not power. It's only potential power. It has potential to be powerful in your life, but you need to apply it. And I meet a lot of people who come to church and they say, I go to church and I know the Bible. That's really good. And I hope you do. And that matters. And that's important. We should not forsake the assembling of ourselves. We should be in the house of God. But let me express something to you like this. You might know the scripture. You might know the songs. But let me ask you a question. Is the Bible you're reading? You know the verses. But do you know the author? See, things change when we begin to unpack and learn who God is. I love that you know the scriptures, but I want you to also know the author. God is calling us to a new level of faith, a faith that is moving us forward. The Bible says in the book of James, a faith that does not do things is a dead faith. I want every promise that God has for me. I want to grow to the furthest that God could stretch me. We are believing for miracles in this place. But I want to help somebody in this room 
You're believing for miracles, but are you getting yourself into a place to receive one? I remember reading this story about this one preacher. He lived in this poor town. He was a farmer, and he lived in a farmer's community, and he was a preacher. And so he gets up Sunday morning, and he was excited because he felt impressed in his heart to go behind that pulpit and preach to his congregation that he is praying that God would end this drought that this farming community was walking through. You can imagine the desperation. If this drought does not end, they will not have any crops and the harvest time will be wasted. They were very, very overwhelmed by this obstacle that they were facing. Well, watch this. He's up there and he's preaching. He goes, before I open up this message, before I declare this word, he said, I'm gonna pray that God would send a rain. And so everybody said, amen, preacher, you better preach. So he said, God, send a rain. Send a rain on our land. It's a dry land. It's, and Lord, you know how many farmers are in my congregation that need this miracle in Jesus' name. And then he preached his message. Well, that afternoon he gets done with his message. He goes home, takes a nap. He eats lunch with his family. And as he's there and he's doing all that, he's also preparing to come to the Sunday night church. How many know Sunday night church, man? There is some stuff that happened on a Sunday night service. I'll tell you right now. Some of my life was radically changed on Sunday evening church. Some of y'all are saying, what are you talking about? We used to have this thing on Sunday night, and it was called church. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man, I remember that worship was powerful. It reminded me a lot of Wednesday nights, just this prolonged moment in God's presence. Powerful. Well, as he's packing and reading over his notes to go to the Sunday evening service, true story, and preach that word, he's about to walk out the door when his daughter said, Daddy, are you going to church? Yeah, you forgot something. So the dad says, well, he's looking, he's got his keys, he's got everything. He says, Daddy, you forgot this. And she holds up an umbrella. And she says to her dad, Dad, don't you need this? And the dad said, what are you talking about? Dad, you prayed today for rain. Don't you need this? So he takes that umbrella with him, and as he's walking to church that evening, they encountered a mighty outpouring of rain. My question to you is this. Did you bring your umbrella to the service tonight? Have you come into this room with expectation? So many times we're saying, I'm believing for a miracle, but have you get gotten yourself into, I don't know if gotten's a word, we'll go circle back to that, okay? But here's the deal. Have you positioned yourself to receive that miracle? I don't know about you, but I believe God's word. And if God says it's for me, I want every single blessing I can have. Let's get into a position to receive what God is wanting to pour out. And I stumbled across a story a couple, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago that I had never read before. It's found in the book of Acts. If you want to go there with me, this is going to be our key text this evening. Are you with me so far? The book of Acts, chapter 12. Now, Acts was penned by a man named Luke. Luke writes this to the church. Now, if you're not familiar with the book of Acts, Acts captures the birth of the church, the brand new church, the church that we are still in and still a part of the book of Acts captures the early church the explosion of this Christian movement it was amazing and so Luke begins to write down the in chronicles the acts of the apostles and so we read the story found in Acts chapter 12 and we're going to put it on the screen behind me I'm going to read a lot of scripture so I want you to lean in and not miss a single moment because I want to talk to you tonight 
about how not only are we going to be believing for more, but we're going to get ourselves into a position to receive more because I want everything that God has for me. Did you bring your umbrella tonight? Did you bring your umbrella? What have you been praying for? What have you been believing for? I believe that there is a miracle in the room tonight. We read in Acts chapter 12. Let me read this to you all. This is such a good story. Are you ready? When I read this, I was sitting right over there where we prayed, and I about fell out of my chair because I saw myself, I saw some of y'all, I saw how many times I pathetically am represented in this story, and I want to share from my pain. You're welcome. Acts chapter 12. Are you ready? It says this. They're going to put this on the screen. During the period King Herod incited persecution against the church, this new church, causing great harm to the believers. He even had the apostle Jacob, John's brother, beheaded. Okay, scary time. When Herod realized how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he had Peter, who was this big preacher, arrested and thrown into prison during the feast of Passover. Sixteen soldiers. How many? Sixteen soldiers were assigned to guard him until Herod could bring upon a public trial immediately after Passover celebrations were over. Now watch verse 5. Here we go. Are you ready? The church. Somebody say the church. They went into an, a season of intense intercession. They went into a prayer service. They went to a prayer meeting. Okay? You know it's a good prayer service when they call a prayer meeting. Okay? That's for free. Take that home. And they asked God to free Peter. The night before Herod was planning to bring him to trial, he made sure that Peter was securely bound by two chains. Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers and additional guards stationed outside his cell. When all at once, whoo, what God can do in a moment, an angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with brilliant light. An angel struck Peter, I love this, on the side and awakened him. And he said, hurry up, let's go. Instantly, the chains fell off his wrist. The angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, bring your cloak, and follow me. All things change when we follow Jesus. Oh, don't get ahead of me. I can't wait to preach this word. But here's what happens. Peter quickly left the cell and followed the angel, even though he thought it was only a dream or a vision. All dreams come true, but I'm not going to preach that message tonight. And it seemed unreal, and they couldn't believe it was really happening. They walked unseen by the first guard, past the first guard, and the second, and before, uh, and before coming to the iron gate that leads into to the city and the gate swung op open all by itself right in front of them watch this they went out into the city where we're walking we're walking down the down the narrow street when all of a sudden the angel disappeared that's when peter realized i'm not having a dream i'm awake <laughs> and he said to himself this is this really happening when he realized this, he decided to go home. That's a good place to go, to the home of Mary and her son, John Mark. The house was filled with people praying. Here it is. Get ready. Get ready. I'm about to drop this mic. Verse 13 says this. When he heard a knock on the door of the courtyard, a young servant girl named Rose got up to see who it was. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so excited, watch this, that she forgot to open the door but ran back inside the house and said, Peter is standing out here. And they said to her, are you crazy? But when she kept insisting, they answered, well, it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter was still outside, knocking on the door. When they finally opened it, watch what it says, they were shocked to find Peter standing out there. 
And he signaled for them to be quiet, and they shared the miraculous way that the Lord brought him out of prison. Before he left, he said, make sure you tell Jacob and all the other believers what has happened. Okay. My God, have mercy. I don't know, I pastor, I don't know if I can do this. I'm about to go home right now and just pray for myself. I'm going to go to a prayer meeting. They were praying for God to move, but they weren't sure he really would. They were in a prayer service for God to set this man who was bound free. But they really didn't think he would. God help us. What they were looking for was actually there, but they were not. Do you believe what you're praying for? Are you believing and living in a way to receive what you're believing for? Write this down. Don't let what God promised you to stay out locked outside a door you are unwilling to open. Let me say that again. Don't let what God promised you to stay locked outside a door you are unwilling to open. I don't want to leave a single blessing on the doorstep. I don't want to leave a single breakthrough that God has for me locked outside a door. I have the keys of faith to unlock. Do we believe what this book says? Let it move us to action. Let it move us to activate this faith. Are you with me so far? I don't know about you, but especially in this time of year, especially with what last year did, online ordering was out of control. And I don't know about you, but how many of you have gone on the rabbit hole of Amazon? And you're like, you know what? I don't need this, but I'm going to get it anyway. It's free shipping. And you start clicking, and they're, they're like, sometimes you'll go on there, and, and it'll, be like, it'll be like 10 bucks, but if you add $75, it's free shipping. You're like, bet I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I don't know if you're like me, but man, there's so many times where I do it. And as soon as I hit the payment and the payment goes through a couple minutes later, you know, you get that email, right? You don't know talk about that UPS tracking email or whatever email, you know, what I'm talking about. They're going to track your package. As soon as it pops up, you're like, oh my gosh, I just ordered this like 14 seconds ago. I'm going to check and see where it's at. And so you get excited. You're like, okay, click. And you know what it says? Processing. <laughs> you keep checking your bank statements. Okay, payment went through. How many of you do that? You know you do, okay? And then the next day, you're like, let me just check and see. Oh, still in the warehouse. It's coming. <laughs> and you get really excited. You get really excited because that thing is coming. You're ready for it. It's going to be there before you know it. And you're excited and you cannot wait. And then a couple days go by. You're checking. Oh, my gosh, it's leaving the state. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be here any moment. It's going to be delivered right here on my doorstep. I cannot wait. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it gets a little bit closer. And then all of a sudden, shh, 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 the day comes. The day comes when it's being delivered. And you're like, I am losing it. 
You were like sweating. You're like, I need to be sure I'm home to make sure nobody takes it. I got to make sure I'm there when it gets there. In fact, they say it's already at the doorstep. And they send you that picture where, where, where like the Amazon guy throws it through your front window. And it's, okay, and it's crazy. So here's what happens. You're like, oh my goodness, it's here. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. And you start getting really, really nervous though. You're like, I don't want to leave that out there. Somebody might take it. And so all of a sudden you're like, you're calling your neighbor. You're like, hey, I know we never talk, but can you run over? there and make sure no one takes my stuff. How many of you done that before? Say yes. Some of you are like, I'm not going to lunch today, pastor. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I'm going to scoop up what is mine and I'm going to bring it in. How many of you know you've done that? Say yes. Now, the reason why you have so much excitement is because you know it's a day where it's going to be delivered. The reason why you get so excited is because you know at any moment it's going to be at your doorstep. You know at any moment, hey, no, 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 this is mine. It's promised. I paid for it. It's going to be here before I know it. Is anybody with me so far? Let me ask you something. The promises of God, they have been paid for. The promises of God have been paid for. Let's not look out. Let me tell you something. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. Get ready because your day of deliverance is about to be embraced. Let's track the promises of God. What would happen if we were tracking the promises of God and we knew that every single one of them is for us? What would happen if we got excited? Yo, oh, I know what God's word says. Oh, I know that if it's not good, that means God's not done. I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I know that if God is with me, nothing can stop me. I know that I have resurrection power. I'm going to be what would happen if we started to track. Is anybody with me? I mean, because you know what? This breakthrough, this hope, this miracle, it's already been paid for. How many of you know when Jesus hung on that cross and he declared that it is over, he declared that sin's hold on your life was over. Generational curses were over. Oh, friends, what would happen if we tracked the blessings and the promises of God like we tracked some goofy little thing on Amazon? Church, what would happen if you realized that he keeps his promises? That what is about to be delivered at your doorstep has already been paid in full. Oh, friends, are you ready to take your next step and start reaching? Your miracle is closer than you think. What are you praying for? What has God told you to do? Can I help you tonight? Because this is helping me. I just want you to know I'm preaching from my private journal tonight. God is calling you to activate your faith. We're praying for a miracle. Let's also start preparing for one. God is calling us to more. If you're wondering if today is the day to start opening the doors in your life and looking for God's deliverance, here's your sign. God is doing deeper. He is calling us to deeper levels of intimacy. Let's aim to no longer just be in the presence of God, but also be in the pursuit of God. Let's aim to no longer only be in his presence, but let's also come with activated faith and be in the pursuit of God. Let's have a faith that moves us. You know, I think this is so beautifully articulated in this story found in Mark chapter 5. Oh, if you have not read Mark chapter 5, oh my goodness. I, that's probably my favorite chapter. That's my favorite gospel. It's also known as Peter's gospel because Mark interviewed Simon Peter. And so here's this man who had failures in his life, who struggled in his life. And I love the gospel of Mark. But Mark chapter 5, it unpacks the story of this woman. And the Bible describes her as a woman who had a wound, had a brokenness inside her body that caused her to have this intense bleeding problem. And the scripture says, oh friends, maybe somebody in this room, this is your story, that something is broken on the inside of you, you can't fix it. 
And the scripture says that she went to many men trying to heal her wounds and they could do nothing. She tried to get a healing on the inside from people who could not fix something that was broken on the inside. And there are so many of us, we try to get a, an outward fix to an inward brokenness. Only God can fix something that's broken on the inside. Only God can fix something that's broken on the inside. Well, the scripture says, I love this story. The scripture says that she hears that Jesus is coming to her town. And she says, I don't just want to be in his presence. I want to be in pursuit of him. Or oh, something happens when that happens. And we've heard this story before. The Bible says there was a large crowd swarming Jesus. But she said, I must touch him. She activated her faith. You know, she said, I will not follow Jesus at a distance. Ooh. I have to get close. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. You cannot follow Jesus at a distance. We have to get close. We have to get close. She activated her faith. She came to seek and find See, everybody in that situation, in this story, in the picture here, kind of shows it. Everyone was close to Jesus, but she touched him with expectation. You know what she was doing? She was tracking her miracle. Did you bring your umbrella tonight? Is there a miracle knocking at your door? She took the necessary step to unlock that life-changing power. She took all the steps necessary to unlock that power that was there. Have you ever had this experience where you come home from a long day at work and you take your cell phone because we all have it next to our bed for some crazy reason. I have to check Instagram before, before I even breathe in the morning. I'll breathe later. I got to check how many people like my post. Oh, thank God. Two. <laughs> Mom and dad, I love you. But have you ever had this experience where you take your cell phone and, 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 you, and you plug it in, you go to bed, you're all happy, but then all of a sudden you wake up and you're running a little bit late and you grab that cell phone and you throw it in your pocket and you're in the car and then you come, not, not while you're driving, but you know, when you're at a stoplight and it's safe and there's nobody, you know, colliding. And you sit there and you're like, let me check my phone. Let me see who liked my post, mom and dad. I know you got me. And then you see something that absolutely devastates you. What do you mean? 12% battery. I don't know if I'm going to make it, Pastor. Pray for me. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and pray for my cell phone right now. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? And then you go home trying to do a Sherlock Holmes kind of deduction, try to figure out how this happened. And you get home and you realize, no, 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 I plugged it in. But then you follow the cord and some demon <laughs> unplugged it. <laughs> you see, your phone was plugged in, but it wasn't connected. Your phone, your phone was plugged in, but it wasn't connected. And you know what? And, and there, there are a lot of people who say, you know, I'm plugged in this church. I'm plugged in Faith Assembly. I'm plugged into this Connect group. I'm plugged into this Grow class. But, but, but are you connected? Are you taking the next step to grow in the right direction? God is calling you to intimacy. Somebody needs to hear me. He's calling you to a deeper level of intimacy. You know what, friends? God does not want to be an absent father from a broken home. 
He does not want to be your absent father from a broken home. What do I mean by that? He doesn't want to be someone that you see on the weekends, you see on the holidays, but you really don't know him. God wants to be a faithful father to you. As believers, we need to ask ourselves this question continually. Am I growing in the right direction? Yeah, you're plugged in, but are you connected to the power that can change things, to the power that can activate you for another level? See, I pray, but do I obey? I go to church, but am I becoming more like the church? I read my word, but do I do what it says? Our creator is calling us to deeper relationships, amen? You see, he's either the Lord of everything or he is the Lord. He is the Lord. He isn't the Lord of anything. He either has all or nothing, friends. This woman was healed because she pursued and grabbed a hold of Jesus. We cannot follow Jesus at a distance. He's too important. Have you ever been following a car in front of you and your friend's like, I know the way, just follow me. Do you let that person get 18 lights ahead of you? <laughs> How many of you ever had that moment where you panic because you get stopped at the light and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. No, of course not. You follow them closely. Why? Because they're going to take you somewhere you don't know how to get to. Friends, we got to follow Jesus closely because he wants to take you someplace you never thought you could go. He wants you to take you to a place that you never thought you could get to. Let's not lose sight of the God we're following. In order to pursue something, I love this story. If you wouldn't mind, our media team, place that image back up, if you wouldn't mind, of that young lady pursuing Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood. What I love about this, this moment in scripture is this. Watch this. She was pursuing Jesus. So what does that mean, though? In order to pursue Jesus, that means this, by default, something must be left unpursued. In order to say yes to God, that means you're going to say no to something else. What thing in your life do you need to unfollow? What thing in your life do you need to unsubscribe to? What things in your life, what conversations, what environments do you need to disconnect yourself from? What would happen if we not only knew what the word of God says, but we actually did what it said? Church, we will never regret following Jesus. Write this down. If God is going to take you where he wants you to go, you cannot be bound to where you have been. God wants to bring the church. He wants to bring a change on the inside of you so you can do great things in this family and your church, and in our world. I love what evangelist Gypsy Smith said. He was asked a beautiful question. He said, preacher, what's the secret to revival? And this evangelist said this, go home, get a piece of chalk, draw a circle, step inside the circle, and then pray this prayer. God, change everything inside this circle. See, in order for God to do a mighty work, through you, he's got to do a deep work in you. So here's three takeaways that I want you to remember. Have you gotten something so far? Here are three things I want you to walk away, three things I want you to take away and apply. You can apply these things to your life. Now let me express something to you one more time. There are people in this room, you've had faith, you've been believing for a miracle. I don't know why God chooses to deliver 
certain situations different ways. You see, God parted the ocean for Moses, but then he empowered Simon Peter to walk upon the ocean. Both things moved them forward, but they were different ways that he applied the same faith miracle. But here are three things that I want you to walk away with and remember. Are you with me? Say yes. Hey, Nick, if you'd come. Three takeaways I want you to remember. Here it is. Number one, remember who God is and that he does not change. Write that down. Remember who God is and that he does not change. We must know God's word. You want to know why? Because one reason why we need to know God's word is so that way we can test and approve what isn't true, what isn't God's word. The other reason why we need to be in God's word, there's, there's millions of reasons, but another reason, and I think this is important, I think we never highlighted enough, it's we need to know God's track record. We need to remember that the people who followed God, they faced difficulties, but they were faithful and they overcame. We need to remember who God is and remember that he does not change. I meet so many young people that say, God's not speaking to me. And I go, is your Bible open? God's always speaking. I need a new word. Well, you didn't do anything with the word he already gave you. So go back. Knowledge is not power. So we take God's word and apply it to our life that we see change. We must know God's word. Number one, remember who God is and that he does not change. The God that delivered Moses, the God that delivered Samson, the God that delivered Noah, the God that delivered David, the God that helped Jesus overcome the cross and though he was crucified on a Friday. If there was anybody who should have gotten an easier life, it should have been God's son. But even Jesus faced struggles. But a Sunday came. The miracle knocked on the door of the grave. And it was a resurrection that changed all of us. Number one, remember who God is and it doesn't change. Number two, say number two, here it is, ready? Remember what God has said about you. Remember what God has said about you. That you're loved, that you're chosen, that you are not abandoned. That he is a father to the fatherless. That he takes the lonely ones and he gives them families. That he sees you. That he's numbered the hairs on your head. That he's caught every single tear you've ever cried. That your name is written on his hand. Remember what he said about you. Look this way. Let me ask you this. What promise did he give you when you were a high school student? What promise did he give you about your marriage? What promise did he give you about your children? That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What, what promises? Remember what he has said about you. Last one, here it is. We're going to be done in one moment. Remember to routinely realign yourself, this is important, with the direction that God has called you to. I'm going to say that again. Remember to routinely realign yourself with the direction that God has called you to. What do I mean by that? Am I doing and being who God has made me to be? You see, sometimes what we think will make us happy is the opposite of what God wants for us. We need to continually ask God, is what I'm reaching for something God wants me to have? You see, God will never give you a life that makes him unnecessary. 
So often I've understood this in my own life, that we're asking God for things that we have no discipline to steward. We're asking God for things that we are not disciplined to steward. What do I mean by that? Why would God give you a spouse to love if you don't love yourself? Why would God give you a nation to preach to if you've never even preached to your next door neighbor? Why would God give you an increase of wealth when you haven't been faithful with a little bit? Sometimes we're asking God for more and God's saying, baby, I can't give you more until you are faithful with the small. Greater things in your harvest. Let me ask you this question. Here it is. Did you bring your umbrella? Is there a blessing knocking on that door? Don't let what God promised you to stay locked outside a door you're unwilling to open. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.